Mr. 715, I'm your host, Mr. 715, and holy smokes, do I have a guest for you all. Melissa Slack, we're down in the Whiskey Room. First podcast in the new Whiskey Room at Grindhouse Studios. You didn't know that, did you? I did not. She. Let me just give you a quick background on her. She is, besides being the most incredible woman I've ever met in my entire life, here's the story. Cancer survivor... Found exercise, won the 2017 success story of the year, got cancer again, fighting cancer right now, two kids at home, autistic children, great children, she's a mom, she's a wife, and she runs a business. She is also a business owner. So that's why she is here. She is one of the most motivating and inspiring people, not just me, a lot of people I've met. Um, And we're here right now. She's having a, I'm not drinking, by the way. First episode, I'm not drinking. How do you drink with her? She can't drink. Why can I? I I can't drink. She's got a vitamin zero water. And I got a monster. Rehab, though. She said monsters are so terrible for you. But these rehabs, folks, they're not that bad. Turn Turn the label around. Right? Right. Do you agree with that now? I do agree with that. I kind of put you in your place by looking. You did. You saw a bunch of zeros. I did. I was impressed. Mm. All right. So can we go back? I want want the audience to know you. I want to know you more. Okay. I know you decently. Right. Okay. I want you to go back. Take us, take, take us all, all these viewers. Remember, we got people in Singapore and North Korea. That obviously speak English, or they're really crazy to be listening to this. Yeah. I want them to know you okay. and your story, because okay. folks, folks, the story is powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shut my mouth, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you talk a little bit. Okay. Um, well, let's take it back seven years. Um, I was working at the restaurant um, that I now own. At the time, I was not an owner, um, and I was... Um, I was just not feeling right. I was really tired. Um, I I would be bruised. I would bruise really easily. Um, and one day I cut myself at work and the bleeding didn't stop. It didn't clot the way it should. So I had already had a um, yearly exam scheduled and um, I decided to move it up a month and I got in. And, you know, I hated going to the doctor at that time because I was severely overweight. I was 400 pounds. It's never fun going to a doctor when you're 400 pounds. They never have very good things to say, I'll tell you that. So um, I got in and, you know, I I had a physical. And even the doctor joked, you know, he was like, well, you're overweight. You're the mom of two autistic kids. You run a a restaurant. You're going to be tired, you know, thinking that it was probably nothing. Um, but he took labs and, um, some of my counts came back funny. Um, so he sent me to Marshfield, um, where they did some more scans and more testing. 
and they found a tumor the size of a grapefruit on my uterus. Um, and then they, they t the more testing they did, um, I had cancer on my cervix and in my ovaries. Um, so they did a complete and total um, hysterectomy. But one thing that you, well, I didn't know, and I think probably a lot of people don't know, is that just because they take everything, they can't always see all the cells on a microscope or in a lab report. Mm. So chemo is necessary. Radiation is necessary for that purpose. to Get try the to stuff they can't see. Get the stuff they can't see. It's not always the stuff they can see that's the problem. It's the stuff that they can't see. Um, so I ended up doing six rounds of um, chemo um, every other week. And then I did um, six weeks of radiation every day. Um, and then it's a full-time job. Well, it really is. It really is. But I remember, I remember sitting in the chemo chair and this is kind of where my, you know, life kind of changed. And me and my oncologist had had lots of conversations, you know, about when this was done, needing to get the weight off. You know, he, he told me numerous times, if cancer doesn't kill you, your weight is, it's just, there's so many health problems that are, you know, contributed to being overweight um, and you know, and this one just happened to be though, this could take your life faster so that you pay more attention to the cancer. Cause now you right. got cancer, right? but you could have a lot of problems, right? but this is the you know, first one on the list. Right. And obviously treating the cancer was his primary concern, but I think he's a phenomenal oncologist and you know, he <clears> was, <throat> he was really concerned with the whole picture. Yep. And I remember sitting in the chair and saying that if, I got through this and promising, really having a conversation with God and mm. saying, if I get through this, I will do whatever it takes to get the weight mm. off. I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, I, um, I can see that. I, I mean, I believe that. Yeah. You know? So that was, you know, kind of the moment I had and and that was kind of the life altering for me, I guess, was just that in that moment, I felt like my mind had shifted a little yep. bit. Um, so then when I got done with treatments... Um, I did a Live Strong program through the YMCA. Which, so let's just wait, though. You do, yeah. you got done with treatments. Yes. You're done with cancer. Yes. Okay. So they. Yes. You know what I mean. I wanted yep. people to well, know. I, but okay. I was I had gotten done with treatments, um, but I was I was not cleared yet as far as the cancer was. They hadn't cleared me yet when I started the Live Strong program. Okay. So I actually because Live Strong, you can be either a cancer survivor or a cancer patient. So I still was undergoing um, checks. They had not given me the all clear. Okay, got So it. about halfway through that program, it's a 12-week program um, where it gets you moving, it get, you know, with a guided instructor um, who is educated in cancer. Um, so because when you're doing that sort of stuff, you need someone that understands mm -hmm. what these treatments and what things can mm -hmm. do. Um, I was never the same after I got, I mean, it changes you. It mm -hmm. just changes who you are. You know, you don't ever go back to being the person you were before. You know, my body was different. I mean, it, you're putting poison in your body. You're putting, you know, it, you, you change. Things change. Are you talking physically or? Mentally, mentally physically, I, emotionally, yeah. everything. Um, it changes you. Yep. Um, so I started going through this program and halfway through the program is when the oncologist said, all clear. 
You're good. All halfway the scans through. halfway through. Okay. I finished the six week program or another six weeks because it was twelve weeks total, mm-hmm. and then I started just going to the Y, like yeah, crazy. Getting through the door. Getting through the door. Treadmills, classes, <laughs> you know. And I I stayed there for a while. Um, and one of my friends introduced me or said, you need to come to a boot camp. I think you'd love it. Um, so I did a free boot camp. Um, and after one camp, I was like, sign me up. Here I am. Like, I'm going to do this. And I remember, like, after two weeks of being there, I was like, this is going to get me to my end game. This is this is it. Like, it was that hard. Is... Or it was that different than what you've yeah. been doing. Like, yeah. the normal exercise that you knew. Right. And I remember I, saying something, you said something about on your video that yeah. you couldn't do a push-up. You couldn't do yeah. it. How are you going to do a no, boot camp? Right. And that was my mindset stuck in too. My mind. Yeah. And that was because I, I could walk on a treadmill all day long. Mm-hmm. I could do the recumbent bike. I could do, um, but I had very little strength component in what I was doing working mm-hmm. out because I didn't have the knowledge. And, you know, I'm thinking boot camp, push-up, me? Yeah. Okay. There's no way. Right. I'm not going to be able to do this. How much did you weigh, you think, at that time? When I came, when I walked in the door yeah. of fire, yeah. I was probably, I'd probably lost about 100 pounds. So right around 300 okay. sure. when I started. Okay. Um, and you got through a couple weeks, and you're like, this is it. This is. Well, I mean, after the first camp, I said, I'm signing up. I'm committing. I'm doing two years. Let's go. Like, yeah. I'm not going to... You you kept, kept good to your word that you made yourself yeah. in the doctor's office. Yeah. So I I started going to camps. And, you know, within two weeks, I knew. I knew that this was going to be what was going to get me to my end game. Yeah. Like, I just said, this is it. I, I loved everything about it. It's kept me committed. I started gaining strength. I was there when you signed up. You remember I, that? Yeah, I do. You yeah, know, like she's at the front and she's going, well, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I just have to, um, there was something that, God, that was the first day you signed up yeah. though. You did sign yeah. up, but you had to talk, you had to convince your husband, I think. Yep. Is that yeah. at the time? Yeah, at you the had time. to convince yep, I your did. husband because time. it makes sense. Most people do. You right. you live together. I mean, right. you, this isn't just, right. it's a financial commitment right. just as much as it is a physical being commitment. Correct. Our uh, action. Yes. And um, and you had kind of failed at one part part before, weren't you? Didn't you have a trainer? And then so then he yeah. might have been like, well, why aren't you? Yeah, You're skipping I did, around yeah. now. Yeah. That was well, the one he thing was, I remember you had to Well, he just wasn't him. the biggest, like, why do we need another? The biggest thing is why do you need another gym? Yeah, that's We already was. have the yeah. gym membership. And to most people. Why ex- do you need, why do you why need another you ever, gym? Right. right. You're exercising, right? Right. So why, um, and the why, and That's what it was. yeah, so it was why do you need a second thing? Mm-hmm. You already have a thing. And one that costs more money. And yeah, <laughs> you already have a thing, and it, you know, and you had results at it. Mm-hmm. You're down 100 pounds. Like, yeah. why do you need another thing? Yeah. And so, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Sometimes you think that someone's supporting you, and they're really not, but. Yeah. No, um, I, we see that a lot. You know, we see that with happy quote unquote um, marriages. Right. You know, we see that that all of a sudden, um, someone will lift their eyebrow on this whole thing and say, right. "Wait, really, Ron? Yep. Ron's, Ron's not, or, or we say, Ron's not backing you on this." Right. 
Right. And then she, then they're like, no, I, and then they're almost surprised. Like, you know, now that you say that, what the hell is going on here? Right. You know, it's sort of a, I, there's something about the gym though. There's something about gyms with spouses. Our number one thing with people not signing up is spousal objection. Right. Someone's jealous. And not, not maybe other men or women, but they're jealous of something about somebody getting in shape and maybe leaving them, looking better, more appealing to other people. There's something there. That's all right. I got to say. There's something there that we have to deal with every day and some and it's insecurity. Right. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. So anyways, you know, I, I, I was going to do it. And it, I mean, I just, well, that was it. Mm-hmm. I decided I was signing up. That was it. And so I started and not only did I do camps, but I started personal training right away too. Um, so I was doing camps and then one-on-one personal training, which I think, you know, all my fire people out there that are listening right now, invest in some PT. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's the best investment I ever made um, going through it. Like it was totally worth my time, my energy. Just every every rep. What, what's better about PT or why is it better with? fire with with the boot camp or well for me for me personally you know i can't speak for everyone but for me personally in the beginning it was a lot to do with my form um because it's one-on-one you can really correct your form Mm -hmm. and get the most out of your boot camps makes sense um so that for me was where it really you know in the beginning it was definitely about form and then i was getting more out of my boot camps because i was doing it in correct form the second thing, as I was getting stronger and getting, it started to challenge me. I mean, there was definitely the challenge aspect of um, pushing a little bit harder than you would in a boot camp because you're the only one. <laughs> They're looking at you to make sure that you're doing every last rep. You know, every you're reps not accounted for. You're not. You're not selling yourself short. Um, and you know during camp sometimes you you don't want to do the extra two reps so don't i just lay there until they catch me you just don't you know so but i do feel like it was a hundred percent worth the investment um and it it, my form showed that so where we're at now we're at you you, you're down 100 pounds you're cancer free you signed up at the gym yep you're rocking i'm rocking and i continued to rock for a while almost a year um i dropped another hundred pounds so almost, I was 190 um, pounds total lost. Um, and during this process, though, or this, it's a process. Like everything's yeah. a process. Right. But you made a huge impact on other people, and you really gravitated towards this fire program. I mean, you were you were part of it. That you jumped in with both feet. It was right. it was more than just, you know, some people come in, they get in, they work out, they leave. You know what I mean? Right. Is it safe to say, I mean, you really well, gra- I, grabbed it with it both was, hands. It, yeah, and it became a family in a way. I mean, really, that's the best way to describe it. I mean, and they still are my family. Um, but that was the piece that tied the whole package together because it is the support. And, and you know, seeing someone who just started and then them be able to do two push-ups instead of one the next boot camp. I mean, it's cool yeah. to see people grow. Yeah, other people. Other people grow. Other people, a lot of times, are the big part of the motivation tool, the right. marvelous motivation program. Yeah. They're other people. Yeah. So it uh, it was it was awesome. I was on the top of the world. I had run. Um, I decided to do some half marathons. Um, so I ran two half marathons. Um, never thought 
when I was battling cancer, the you know, seven years ago, I was going to be running half marathons, yeah. um, all too with the boot camps and, and, and just growing my strength and my cardio. I mean, it all just tied together. Um, and I was on top of the world. And then <laughs> it was like one week, everything just changed. I was doing, um, I was doing camps and I couldn't get through warmups. Like I was having a hard time doing cherry pickers and jumping jacks. And I just would get real winded and, and tired. And, you know, I had a PT session that week and it just, I had to, I had to tap out. Which Something was different. It was just Because we all have bad workouts. Right. But this was different to it you. It just, yeah, it was, it because it was con it was consistently for a long period of time um you know i just i couldn't in camp i'd have to put down weights i mean it just something felt yeah completely different off um and i had just gotten done running um one of my halves so i thought maybe i'm training too hard overtraining you know maybe i'm so i took a week off you know cuz that's just what i thought i i mean my mind didn't even go to there might be something physically wrong with me right. you know it just it didn't well, even because you were in the middle you, you were i was on a, a high, high point yeah. i was on a high like in riding that wave um so i you came back i came after back a after a week and instantly it was the same thing i was just i remember doing mountain climbers and i just i i just couldn't do it i could not do it so what'd you do called the doctor <laughs> I uh, said, I need to see you. I, I said, something's going on. Me. Something's going on. Um, and it was, you know, my regular doctor. And he's like, well, do you want to even waste time coming in to see me? Or do you want to go right to your oncologist? Okay. And I said, well, we might as well just, I'll just forget you and go to the oncologist. Because they're going to look at the same things anyways. Yeah. You know, so I might as well forget that and just go. Yeah. So I went in and. You know, he drew labs and, you know, he came back and he's like, well, we're going to have to do a bone marrow biopsy. And I'm like, bone marrow biopsy? What? And he's like, well, we think that, you know, you have a form of blood cancer. This like, is in that same visit? Or did you have to wait for the labs to come back? No, this was in the same visit. Same visit. They same went visit. Did... They did labs earlier in that day. And by the time I had gotten to see okay. the oncologist, he'd already... Um, He'd already seen what he needed to see, um, but they didn't know enough to know what, you know, they just knew something. It was in my blood. There was something. So I went and had my first bone marrow biopsy, which is not fun. It's they not a They have to dig in your bone. They have to dig in your bone and they can numb the outside all they want. But once they hit bone marrow, you're feeling Marrow's it. in the middle. Yeah, you're feeling it. So um, I had a bone marrow biopsy and... Something you don't know, and I'm about to tell you right You're now. Laughing, this is—I don't know how this could even. I, I, you got me. Um, so after my bone marrow biopsy, the next day I came to fire, and you didn't know what was going on. I hadn't shared with anyone um, other than my personal trainer at the time, um, and it was the first live video you did on Facebook. It was like an—it was the very first live one of a camp. It was like an ab day or it something. It was ab day. Mm -hmm. You're right. And you had no idea that they had just drilled into my hip. You're still there. And I was there. You and didn't you want to were miss like that. right in my face. And you're like, come on, Slack, run more. 
you had no idea what was going on. And you were like, you don't fucking know, man. (laughs) But I wasn't going to tell you because you would have been like, why the hell are you here? But I I was going to be there. It was the first live. How could I not be there? Hey, one thing I know is to not stop you. (laughs) How could I not be there? It was the first live. I couldn't miss it. There ain't nobody stopping you from doing what you want to do. So the test came back and, you know, the cancer was back. And they knew that from your bone marrow. They well, they knew that, that they knew that from test. my labs, but then they took the bone marrow and they figured out what kind of cancer. And you know, they took all of the whole health picture. You know, they looked at my lymph nodes. They did a scan to make sure there wasn't any tumors anywhere else. Um, but so then, how did that? I mean, this is what I think people want to know: is how, you know, you you. I'm not saying you take it for granted because it's, but I think you overlook now the person that's listening. So right. How did they break that to you? How did that? It's interesting to me. <laughs> I want to know how they call you back. Well, they call. Well, he called me back. Now, remember, I have a relationship with this oncologist. Now we've been yeah. through it already. You've been through hell and back already. You know. So, and he knows that I'm the type of person where you just tell me what I want to hear and be done with it. I don't want the whole sugar coating foo foo like i just need to know the facts we need to attack it and mm, move on fair enough. um and that's why i got the nickname slack attack i think is just because i just attack things i don't like to her name is opposite of her personality if you could do a 180 180 degree difference from slack melissa slack she's a slack attack which is awesome so it took two weeks. If you're looking for a timeline, okay. it took about two weeks. Um, and then he called, you know, he's like, you need to come in. You know, you need to come in. But that's to the all office. they say. Yeah. You need to come in. It was his nurse. You but, need... but I knew mm-hmm. the minute she said, you need to come in. That See, I can't, gonna, I can't do that. They're going to tell me. I would, I would be like, I'm right now on the phone. Tell me while I'm coming in. Well, no, but they I won't, know, I know, but they it's won't just, do that. But that's so, got to be the hardest thing in the world. Um, it's a long drive. It's a long drive knowing that you're probably going to get bad news and you don't know what news it is. God, people, I mean, some of some of you guys out there know what that feels like and most of us don't. Right. So, anyways, I, you know, we had the conversation of what it looked like and what kind of cancer I had. Um, multiple myeloma is what I was diagnosed with. Um, and we started a treatment plan. And, you know, me, remember, I'm on a high and I'm not really... I'm like wanting to continue to work out and wanting to be there. And, you know, I looked at my oncologist and I said, well, I'm going to continue to work out. So we need to figure it out, but I'm not stopping what I started. So we need to figure that out. Um, And he just kind of chuckled and said, all right, I'm not going to stop you. So because there's like Han said, there's really no stopping me once I've made up my mind about something. So I started, I started chemo. Um, and for the first four weeks, I did chemo and worked out. Um, How'd that go? It was interesting. I would, you know, do a section, go and puke, come back, do a section, go and puke, come back. Now, there's people listening right now that said, why did you do that? Why? What? Now, they might be thinking, now enough's enough, Melissa. Okay, I'm, I'm speaking for the right. audience right now. What are you trying to prove? You have cancer. Stay home and rest. Why would you ever do that to yourself? <laughs> because at the time, I wasn't mentally ready to let it go. 
and I needed to know that I couldn't do any more than I did. I didn't want to lay in that bed and be sick with regret. I didn't want to lay in that bed with regret. Right. So for four weeks, I was capable of it. It's easy for anyone to say, just rest, right? Right. How many people want to tell you that your whole life? Well, yeah. Just rest. Right. Lay in bed. Right. Well, yeah, until you have to lay in bed. Mm -hmm. Then it's a whole different story. It's a nightmare. Like the things that you think about mentally and you, I mean, it's just, it's a nightmare. Sure. Um, and remember I'm used to working out six days a week. So I think if I would have just stopped cold Turkey, I wouldn't have made it through. I wouldn't have made it through there. There's no way I would have made it through the 16 weeks. If I would have just stopped, I had four weeks where I was able to work out. Yes. I puked a little, but I was going to puke anyways, laying in bed. Like, and so when it got to week four, I knew I couldn't do anymore. I remember sitting on the floor at fire in the bathroom, in the women's bathroom. And I just, I was bawling because I knew it was over. Yeah. I had went in and I didn't come back out. Like, I just knew that it was done. My body was saying, that's it. And then the next, you know. And you guys need to understand, though, this is right after she had, we did a nice video production. Yeah. 2017, right. success story of the year. I'd lost 190 pounds. She was on top of the world. When yeah. you did that video, which I encourage you listeners, try to find it, Fire Fitness Camp, Melissa Slack, 2017 success story, okay? She is on top. Not to realize that short, shortly after that, right. you were grounded again. Grounded. So. Grounded for a long time. Because so now you just had this, you know, they need to understand, you just had this video production and all this right. stuff. Everything's great. And then maybe, you know, obviously you're just not going to throw in the towel that easy. No. Well, and it become it had become my way of life. Like it was, you know, my whole, my whole friend circle is there. You know, I have, it, it felt good to work out. Um, I, I, I couldn't mentally let it go. And my, my oncologist supported it. He knew once it got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore that I would stop. So, and that's what happened. And it's not I, like you weren't, you weren't hurting yourself no, even more by no, doing that. So, no. even, I mean, that's. Well, and how can I hurt myself you... anymore? I have cancer. Yeah. Like, really? I mean, right. that's, you know, I mean, and I, I did, I, I did share with the doctor what my plans were. It's not like I just went rogue and did whatever I wanted to do. But um, most people in the world are not working out when they have chemo because they just can't physically. Right. You just did it on mental. You, you rode your mental strength in i rode my mental wave for as long as i could and then when that wave was done it was done yep. but it got me four weeks you know so i took it yeah um and so then i had 12 weeks left um and it was the longest 12 weeks of my life um, 12 weeks is a long time it's a long time and i was sick like laying on the bathroom floor praying that god took me sick like it was not pretty i don't I don't wish it on anyone. Um, it was awful, um, but I got through it. Twelve and weeks. Twelve weeks, and um, my cancer is right now treatable, not curable. So after that, I came back and I started um, working out again. Um, probably, I probably took four weeks off from chemo before I came back, um, and. I started slowly working out again, PTing more than I was doing camps, just to kind of start to build my strength a little bit. 
Um, and meanwhile, I have to be on a maintenance drug during this time um, to keep my numbers and levels where they need to be at. Um, and the maintenance drug worked for a while and then it stopped working. And then we would have to find a new one. And then it would work for a while and then it would stop working. So I have not consistently been able to work out in a year and a half. Um, you know, people, you talk about cancer, you know, I got cancer and then we treated cancer. Tell us what it's like. Tell us what cancer is like. They're... What's it like? Hell. <laughs> Hell on earth, I believe. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. I don't know what other word. There's no other words to describe it. Hell, horrible, more a mentally, beast. more physically, more. It's, it depends on the day. Mm -hmm. It depends on the day. Some days it's physical things that get you. Some days it's mental. You know, and now the whole time you have. So now, where where are we on this? We you... are in. We are now. I've been back to fire a little bit off and on. Okay. Okay. So then. I get the call from Mayo that there's a clinical trial and they want me to try this clinical trial. And really I'd been, I have not been able to regain my life back since starting all of this. And that's the biggest You struggle. came back, but you just weren't the same. I, I just, I, well, I can't be, I just, I mm -hmm. physically, I can't get there right now. And um, the drugs they had me on were not allowing me to get there. So it was like I would start for a few weeks and I'd have to stop and then I'd start again and then I'd have to stop. Yeah. And it was frustrating. Um, so I, um, anyways, oncologist calls me, says, Mayo has this clinical trial they want you to try. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Like, what do I have to lose at this point? Mm -hmm. You know, and I have to do something because I just want to regain my life back that I just want to be able to regain my life back. Living in this limbo mm -mm. sucks. It sucks. It's not fun. Um, but this thing you're doing now is like a breakthrough in it science. Is. It really is. It is, and I can't talk a lot about it. No, but, I know. I know. Um, but there's some know, stats that this has worked. It has worked. Like, it has worked. Folks, we're talking, and I, I know this much, this stuff has cured cancer. It has it has for my type of cancer, it has in five people, men. So you're the first female female that's even doing it. Yes. That you know of. I mean, that I know of. Okay. Yep. That's what I thought. Yep. So. But you're feeling, mm. where are you feeling? What? Well, how I'm are you in feeling week, about So it's this? an eight-week trial. Um, it's an eight-week trial. I'm in week seven right now. You know, good days and bad. I had uh, week six was not fun. The headaches are just astronomically painful. Um, my muscles feel really heavy, um, nauseous, tired. Um, how do you get through your day? I mean, well, I didn't realize I had a choice. How, but how do you physically do it? You got two kids, two great kids with autism. You For push. most people, that's you push. You keep pushing one foot in front of the other and you don't stop and you're running a business running a business running a great business running a great business and your business is doing very well right now it is it is well come on give us it something well, I, I mean, mean what's the trick I, what's there, the secret they're saying there, I, what? there is no i mean you just 
you just what time you wake up in the morning give us a day give us one day. day i need one day in the life of melissa slack right now oh god okay i get up at 4 30 um because i decided that i would stay in the same routine i was always a 5 30 a.m camp so i just kind of stayed in that routine um during the week i get up at 4 30 um, I start my injections. There's four of them in the morning and they have to be a half hour apart. So that takes about two hours. So we're looking at about seven. In between, you're doing stuff around the house. I'm doing you're... stuff around the house. I'm... Because, I mean, the stuff... Yeah. You, I mean, there's dishes. Right. I mean, there's, there's stuff. There's things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Switching laundry. Normal people stuff. Normal people stuff. Yes. I mean... Yeah, I mean, life still happens even though you have cancer. It doesn't just stop. Someone has to go grocery shopping. Well... Someone does, yes. Okay. So. Who is uh, that someone? Well, typically me. Okay. <laughs> typically you just me. just want people to know what's going yeah. on here. So I I get all my injections in in the morning, and then I get the boys up, um, and, well, no, I take that back. I normally shower, and then I get the kids up, and we have breakfast, um, and they're picky, so. And you have two, and just from what I know, so I'm just going to. Yep. Now, you're. Autism is never the same. Nope. You meet that's what one, they call it a spectrum, yep, right? Because there's so well, many different. Is that right? Am, that's am, correct. Okay. Your two sons are totally different. Completely. But like, both. The only thing that they have in common is their brothers, and they have autism. Correct. Yeah. So tell, but they're give us give us some more on them. Guess, okay. So Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan is 14, um, and he's super intelligent. Um, but his hearing is super sensitive. Um, his supersonic hearing. Yeah, he really does. Um, it's insane. Um, but it's really sensitive. Um, so he hates loud things. He hates um, being around crowds. Um, anything to do with sirens or any. I mean, it just it hurts his ears. He mm-hmm. doesn't like it. Um, he's really into Star Wars. He could tell you any Star Wars fact known to man. Um, he just. He's a good kid. He got a 3.97 GPA last semester. I mean, I can't ask for any better than that. Um, but he hates people. He just would much rather be by himself. Your first autistic child, Jonathan. Yes. You found out he was he was. When did you find out he okay. had autism? You want me to go back that far? Okay. I mean, just. You, yeah. I mean, you don't, I mean, I would like to know how that. I think pe- people want to know. He um, progressed normally um, until eighteen months, and then at eight, still a baby, still a baby, eighteen months. Eighteen months, he started to regress um, with some of his skills. Like he did gain words, and then he stopped talking. There were just some odd things, but. We didn't know what autism even was. I'd never even heard of autism. So it took us a while to get to that place. So probably about two and a half, we took him in and um, the doctor said, yep, it's autism. And he's probably never going to talk. How did they know he has he had um, autism? It was a team of doctors um, that did a whole bunch of tests. So it was Not a, blood tests. No, like, like, uh, like fit mental. Um, cognitive skills. Cognitive skills tests. Um, a therapist talked to him. Well, talked at him because mm-hmm. he wasn't talking back. Um, at two and a half years old. Two and a half. You know, they tested his hearing. They tested okay. his vision. And they um, came back to you and said, he has autism. Autism. And you're like, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what it is, but they told me, you so know. So then what? 
so then, well, I got in the car and I came. Well, first they told me you would never talk and you would never potty train and you would never kick a ball. And, I mean, they told us all the things he wouldn't do. They didn't tell us anything he would do. So I cried all the way home, which any mom probably would. And then I got home and I said, all right, what are we going to do? We need a game plan. That's just the way I am. We need a game plan. What's the Mm -hmm. game plan? I uh, talked to the university, found out that there was a communicative program at the university. I instantly signed him up for that. I thought, well, it's not going to hurt anything, you know, and all these college students need experience. It's not going to hurt him. Mm -hmm. Um, So he did 12, I think, total semesters of that. Um, and I found therapy, um, in-home therapy that came in and started working with him, um, playing with him, teaching him social skills, um, and in-home therapy was 40 hours a week. So it's a huge commitment, um, but worth it in my, at your house, at my house. Um, so it is a commitment, but for me, I just wanted to give him the best shot. Um, what is that therapy? What is that one day a specialist comes in? Um, there's a whole team. It isn't just one person. So there's a whole team and they are trained to help him master skills. We set goals and then he would try to work towards attaining those goals. But only one person comes at a time. Sometimes two, depending on what the goal was, um, depending on what they were working on. Mm -hmm. But there was one therapist that was in charge of all of the other therapists. Um, but they're coming into your house, so you're really kind of in charge of all of them because they're in your personal space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so you want to, yeah, it is, it, it is, but Jonathan responded very well to therapy right away. Well, it's better for him, don't you, in, right, right at his own house, if yeah. you're ever going to be comfortable and right. actually get, it makes Absolutely. sense. And there. a lot of the therapy, you know, was done through play, you know, learning how to take turns back and forth mm-hmm. and learning, um, different start basic basic skills um and they would just grow once he'd master that then they Mm -hmm. would just add another level and add another level until we could play a whole game back and forth taking turns which is Um, a huge breakthrough that's a win yeah it's a win it's absolutely a win and you know it's no different than when parents um raise neurotypical children you know everything is a process in teaching them it's just with autism they learn things a little differently or maybe you have to do things a little outside of the box Mm -hmm. in order for them to get get the skill Mm -hmm. yeah um and so we did that and then we got pregnant again and uh there was a 10 percent chance that the second one would have autism um and they told you this yeah 10 percent only so then 10%. what was your was your outlook? Well, if it's 10%, it's nothing. Or my 10%, out, it's a lot. No, my outlook was I'm going to treat the baby like he already or she already has autism. Mm-hmm. In my brain, that was the way that I did it because it wasn't going to hurt either way. Um, so then as soon as Austin was born. And that's not, wait a minute, that's not negative thinking. No. That I mean, people, you know, that is there's difference. That's not right. negative. That's preparation. Right. Well, because I was going to love this child no matter mm-hmm. what, whether they had autism or not. So right. why set yourself up or, or them up for any right. type of then negativity at right. that time? Right. So um, when Austin um, was born, because he was the second child, we were able to diagnose him a lot sooner. Um, so How old? He, um, he was diagnosed at 18 months. Um, 
Jonathan was at about two and a half years. Yep. So almost three years. Yep. So um, Austin was diagnosed, um, and that it, it was pretty um, same concept. Go in, they meet with the team, mm-hmm. they do hearing, vision, all of that. Didn't surprise you. Didn't surprise me. But then it's like I already knew. Okay, we're gonna get them in therapy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get them going yeah. with. You're kind of good at this by now, yeah, right? Yeah, like you kind of ha- well, never good, well, no, but, but I, I mean, mean, you kind of have a, a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we, um, we, no, there is no ever being good at being a parent either. I mean, there's good parents, but you're never good at it. Right. Right. So we started him in therapy, um, right away. Um, and so at one point there was 80 hours a week of therapy going on in my house. That's a lot. That's a lot of therapists, um, coming and going, but then Jonathan graduated out of therapy and so then it, then it was just Austin having therapy. Okay. So eventually when when they go to school, when they get to be school age, obviously the therapy goes down because they're spending so much of their day at school. And what in regular school? In regular school. Okay, so, so I don't think people know even about that. What kind of school do they go to? Well, they both are in regular um, Stevens Point School District. Um, and when Jonathan was first diagnosed, they did a lot of, um, you know, him being pulled out into a cognitive disability room and, um, not really with the class. Um, and now they really try as, you know, people are learning more about autism and everything is growing. They really try to have the kids be right in the regular ed classroom with support when tolerated. Um, Jonathan has a really hard time being in a class of 28 kids with his hearing, with the lights, with everything. Um, he prefers a lot of the times to be in the smaller setting, but he's gradually getting, gaining more tolerance of it. Okay. Um, and That's I think, what you meant by tolerating. Yeah, I think um, it helps him being in older grades now. The kids aren't as loud. They aren't as, mm-hmm. you know, rambunctious. Well, the kids screaming. I mean, right. I mean, when he was in elementary school, kids are just loud. Is he putting it, I mean, was it, he putting his hands on his ears oh, physically? Yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. lo- and, that loud to put. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he actually has special um, Bose headphones now that okay. he wears. Noise canceling. Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot for him. I mean, he can hear everything. And I always tell the teachers, if you're going to talk about, with another teacher and Jonathan's in the room, gonna hear your he's ass. gonna hear you. So you better. And sure enough, conferences would come up, and I'm like, well, just so you know, he heard you say that Trump is this, this, and this. So I just want to let you know <laughs> that he repeated that back to me, and I warned you he was gonna hear it. Hey, but but you, isn't you, that funny though? Yeah. How no matter what, if somebody not just has a disability, right? But if someone doesn't speak your language, right. you have to speak super loud to them, like they right. can't hear you. Yeah. No, they just don't understand English, and you're yelling. I, know, I get it. I see that all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. And, you know, they look at the world differently. Like, Jonathan looks at the world just different, you know, and I— How I can, so? Explain. Okay. Um, well, okay, I'll give you the example of, you know, one day a police officer came into his classroom, and um, a kid had called the police officer a pig, and he, this kid, obviously got in some serious trouble— and, you know, Jonathan held on to that all day and he came home and he's like, Mom, I'm so confused. And I'm like, well, talk to me. What's going on? 
he's like, well, this kid called the cop, you know, a pig. And he's like, he got in a lot of trouble, but I just don't understand. Pigs are great animals. <laughs> so, like, I don't get why he got in all they this trouble. They are great animals. Pigs are great animals. So, you know, um, or one day I asked him, the duct tape was on the table, and I asked him to grab me the duct tape. And he, like, had a full-blown meltdown. And I'm like, what is going on? Just grab Finally, I got up and got the tape, and once he calmed down, I'm like, what is your deal? And he's like, well, I was looking for a duck with tape on it. I couldn't find it. So it's just the way he perceives sure. things. Sure, it's know? totally different. Totally we we different. have no, I mean, we yeah. have no idea on that. But right. now, you come across, I mean, you're high intensity. Yeah. You're a high intensity person. Yeah. How does that change? I mean, you have, patients have to be. Oh, yeah. But with your kids, you just do what you have to do. And, like, I can completely tone it down for him when I need to. I mean, sometimes he needs to be pushed a little bit, though. So mom is the one who Do you ever kinda, get frustrated? Um, I do get frustrated. Have you ever got frustrated because of their disability and just be like, I'm just, oh, I'm just frustrated? I, oh, yeah. I have to walk away. I'm human. Mm-hmm. I have to walk away. I, I never... I never try to show them that I'm frustrated, um, but when I walk out of the room or when I, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Who, who couldn't be? Because it was a really stupid question. Right. But uh, you're human. You're right. Yeah, I'm human. You're, I mean, yeah, they have autism, but you're still going to be frustrated. Right. Well, and you know it, what? It's though? a big deal. But I also, I also try to keep in mind. If I'm frustrated, can you imagine how oh, they feel? That's a good way to look at it. You know, so if I'm sitting here frustrated, then he must mm-hmm. be 10 times the amount of frustrated that I am. So I try to look at it that way too. You know, and I try to keep, you know, calm and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know. Um, Have and, you learned anything from them? Oh, immense strength. Immense strength also. from them. Just because they have to battle every day. Every single day, from the time they get up to the time that they go to bed, they battle in different ways. Um, I didn't touch on Austin has a photographic memory. Oh. Um, so he And people think, hey, that sounds great. Yeah, until you're you know, you can't turn it off and you're constantly taking pictures all day and you're a perfectionist and you want things a certain way and the world is picture perfect. Yeah, the world isn't going the way you expect it to and and then how does that work with them two being opposite that way? I'm sure they... Oh, yeah, they mess with each other. Like, Jonathan will purposely move things in the house just to make Austin mad. And Like what? Then, Can you give examples? I mean... Like, like if there's, like, a mug or something, Jonathan will purposely, like, move it across the table just to... Because that'll make Austin mad. What things does he like to be kept, like, mint? Um, his fans and his lamps. His fans. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's just, you'd never guess. <laughs> also, you get, this kid, he probably has close to, don't laugh. He probably has close to 100 fans and probably 150 lamps. Fucking loves fans. And lamps. Fans and lamps. Yeah. He can take a fan together or take a fan God, apart and put else. it together. I mean, he, he is obsessed with fans sure. and lamps. But Jonathan will purposely mess, and then Austin will go and make the loudest noises he possibly can. Mm-hmm. He will go grab pots and pans. Mm-hmm. He will go. I mean, they oh fight God. dirty. Yeah, <laughs> that that is. They fight dirty. They do, but they're that shows their brothers too. But the one so, is a physical thing, like the loud thing. Yeah, that's a physical. Well, like right. that's, wor- that's worse. That's <laughs> worse than moving stuff. Well, it's gotta be. But then Jonathan shouldn't move his stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got to. Payback's learn. a bitch. Yeah, they've got to learn some of that. I mean. Some of the time I get involved, yeah. but they've got to learn it. 
Yeah. So you can't referee. That's what parents are doing all the time, though. Yeah. They don't even let squirmishes or whatever happen. I mean, right. how but do you get drive, along with people? My drive comes from them. Watching them overcome everything they've overcome, I have no excuse. Another great point. I have no excuse. None. You should tell people that when they're, you know, because I know you get this a lot. I know. I couldn't imagine how much, how do you do it? And how, where do you get your strength, right? Do you? Do you get I people do. saying, where I do. do you get it? Right. Them. Them. Hands down, watching everything that they've overcome in their life, them. That's awesome. And, and then, you know, the people you choose to surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. I have That's some incredible one. friends yeah. here. Like, incredible. Well, and you do, and to in order to have friends, you need to be a friend. And you just had, you just had a big fundraiser. I did. For everything that you're going through. Yeah. And incredible fundraiser. Incredible. I mean, like incredible. It was, it was incredible. It, it was overwhelmed. You were overwhelmed yeah. with how many Absolutely. people came to your aid. Absolutely. And people are only going to do that if they believe in you or right. they feel that there's a give back. You know, right. they're, they're, you don't just give to strangers. Right. Yeah. Because they know you would have been there for them. Like the girl helping you out. The main Cassie. Oh, Cassie. Yeah. I, yeah, I changed. I mean, I guess I had a huge impact in her life um, growing up. Because she really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know everything that she right. did, but she or got behind this thing. She did and everything. drove it. She drove hard. like everything. Like I wasn't even allowed. She made on, shit happen. I wasn't even allowed on the page. I didn't even know what was going on. I was told show up here and that was and she it. Did it. And she did it. And it was a success. I mean, it, it definitely is going to help. And she was a previous em- employee. employee of yours. Yes. So look at what that says about you. I mean, because that you got to make an impact on somebody. You know, well, it's pretty strong. I'm just me. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think every single one of us will need will need help. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of now or later. Right. Absolutely. And it was hard to ask, but I needed it. So. She she rolled with that. That was awesome. It was good. It was good to see everyone. Well, you're easy to like. You're easy for people to cheer for because you're real. Oh. Right? Yeah. I mean, I definitely won't sugarcoat it. Brag for about you. yourself a little bit. Oh, you're on. God. You're on. Hey, yeah. you're on the Mister Seven Five yeah, Show. Hey, I sit here and brag <laughs> all show. Every show, I'm just sitting here and brag about myself. I'm got to be some bragging AI. today. I haven't heard it yet. I know. Well, <laughs> that's not my forte. What do, what do the, what's the audience do? What do they do from here? Can they find you on Facebook? They can find me on Facebook. Melissa Slack. Find yep. her. Yep. Super interesting. She Her story's just beginning, really. I think she's going to be done well, with this in a week. She's going to be yep. done with this new treatment. In the breakthrough book. science. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. And, and then, then your story's just starting then. Then it's, you have a lot of chapters. I do. Follow and her. And I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get out there and kick some ass. I'm I'm just ready. I'm ready to And do not doubt her. She's gonna kick some ass. Yeah. Find her. Uh you're on Instagram. I am I am, but I'm never on Instagram. So I need okay, to work on that. About that. Yeah, just do Facebook. Oh, you can follow her. What what's your Instagram name? Um Oh, she's gotta look it up, guys. Know. She's gotta no, you're not <laughs> well, I'm telling you, it's bad. Uh, um, 
Melissa Slack. Mel oh. Slack, 23. Oh. Mel Slack, 23. Mm-hmm. She promises she's going to be a little more involved when she has time. Hey, folks, she doesn't have time for Instagram. Why are you even? I know. But you know what? <laughs> I know. I know. But, but this a... might be a fun thing for you. Wait, once this treatment, you know, it's hard to document all this stuff. But you are keeping, you are keeping um, my, journal my, journal yeah. entries on the pain. Yeah. Everybody, it's easy to document. You know, see these people on Instagram, the rich people in the, in the ocean and setting sail and on the beaches and money, right? right. That's easy. Right. But documenting the pain and the struggle yeah, I've, Real. I've journaled. I've journaled all of this, and I definitely am going to journal my fight back. Like my, that's going to be a good one, you folks. You're not going to want to miss this. Yeah. I have seen it once. I've seen her journey back once. Yeah. And she was set back again. This one's going to be even better. I believe it this is. This one's going to be because you're going to have because you've already been there. Yeah, absolutely. You've been there and you're going to be I stronger. Want it. Well, I want it ever. that much more. I stronger want than it. ever. Yeah, I believe that. Yes. And I want it that much more. That much more. I believe her, folks. I'm I, sitting there looking at this lady. <laughs> that much believe more. Believe me. Believe her. So. All right. You guys get out there. <clears throat> do something. Give them a message. Right? Do, yeah, I mean, do something for you. You have no excuse not to. So tomorrow, today, tonight, do one thing for you because you can. Don't take anything for granted. Like go shopping? What should they do? Whatever is going to make, whatever's going to set their soul on fire is what they should do. God, that's a lot of thinking. <laughs> What's going to set my soul on fire? Yeah. <laughs> I bet you everybody's like, what sets my soul on fire? What does? Bottom line is what are they're passionate about? Do something you're passionate about. Whether do it be, something. Do something. Do something. Do something. And remember, if you ain't got no haters, you just ain't doing enough. Truth. All right, guys. Thank you, Melissa Slack. Follow her. It's the last time I'm going to tell you people. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Remember, folks. Follow your state, federal, county, city. Law enforcement agencies, you might just need them sometime. Peace. Mm-hmm.